You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I am excellent. What's going on? Um, so I am applying in a few weeks. Whoa. Yeah, this is a perfect opportunity to answer all my questions that you've probably answered before, but <laughs> this is very helpful. Good. What can I help you with? So the first thing is about my activities. Mm-hmm. Um, I've tried my best to kind of have a very comprehensive background. Um, and one of the things that I've been able to do, um, especially with my history in the military, um, I got a job in the emergency room as an intermediate care technician where we get to do like really cool things like sutures and procedures. Mm. Um, and I know I've listened to you before less about like the skills that you've done and more about like what you've learned from it. And I was Let, wondering- Even less learned, right? Cause I, the, the learning statements are typically super generic too. Like I learned yeah. that compassion is important in healthcare. Like <laughs> Duh. Um, so I like more impact. Like, just what did it mean to you? Okay. Keep keep going with your question, though. I just wanted to to um, make that quick clarification. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of kind of answered it, but I was trying to find a balance between like making sure they know, like, I have a really extensive background with patient care and like these really advanced skills, but also yeah. like not bragging in a way. Yeah, I, I think you you lead it off because an intermediate, what did you call it? Intermediate care, care technician? technician. Yeah. yeah, so an intermediate care technician, 99% of the people reading your essay are not gonna know what that means. So okay. uh, I think it's very important, and this is where a lot of my advice gets a little skewed. They're like, oh, story, story, stories. And then the advisors and the, the medical schools are like, Dr. Gray, stop it with the stories. I'm like, there, there needs to be a balance, right? So yeah. um, obviously for things like EMT, do you really need to know what an EMT is? Probably not. But okay. an intermediary, intermediate care technician, the, the first sentence can be, um, in this position, I did X, Y, and Z. Done. Okay. Now let's move on to impact and what it meant to you, what did you did, all of yeah. that other stuff, right? So we don't need to spend a ton of time on all of your job duties and making sure that every single nuance of what you're doing day in and day out gets covered. That's not important. Just big picture stuff. Okay. That makes sense. And then always, always, always leave a sentence for reflection as well, right? Okay. So typically, what did you do? Sentence A, uh, kind of potentially an anecdote, if one works, not every not every activity is going to have an anecdote where you can kind of show who you are in this position. And then a reflection statement, like what did this mean to you? Okay. Too easy. Um, <laughs> sure. Easier said than done, as they say. <laughs> so my next question, um, I know you're a veteran. I know you've worked with veterans. Um, how have you seen like in successful applicants, like what are the ways that you've seen veterans like be able to best explain their background? Yeah. Um, Like what are the qualities that usually stand out from veterans? Yeah. So, so I will twist that on its head for you. I don't care about that. Right. So whether you're a veteran, whether you're a traditional student, whether you're a teacher, non-traditional person, you've been in education for 10 years. 
that question that you just asked was the very similar to the first question you asked of like, as this intermediate care technician, I know you, you talk about like, don't, don't go too far into the skills. But then you just asked me the same question, but specifically around being a veteran. How do I take the skills that I've learned from being a veteran and, and make myself stand out, right? So whether you're a veteran, again, or a traditional student or whatever background someone has, to me, it's not about, ooh, how do I make this stand out, right? It's how do I convey what I've been doing, spending my time, right? What I've been spending my time with for you being, being in the military. Um, and what did it mean to me, right? To me, standing out is being authentic and telling your story. Not, well, as a veteran, I uh, get to work with a diverse bunch of people and that has helped my cultural competency, blah, 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 right? Yeah. Because that's just super generic. And every, every student thinks that that's how they stand out. But trust me, I've read thousands and thousands and thousands of applications at this point. I'm like, great, you have cultural competency. Why does that matter? Right? Obviously, it matters. I'm not saying that cultural competence <laughs> d- d- doesn't matter in terms of being healthcare, in terms of being a good human being. Right? Yeah. But how does you telling me that in an application stand out when 60% of the other students are also saying they have cultural competency? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I need to say I have the most cultural competency. That's how I'll stand out, right? I have six years of experience of cultural competency. They only have three, right? And then it just gets into just silliness. And so, um, and I like getting hyperbolic like that because it just, just picture the admissions committee going, oh my gosh, we finally found someone that understands that cultural competency is important. And look, as, as a military veteran, they have lots of cultural competency because our military ships people all over, all over the world to take yeah. over, <laughs> right? So that that's why I say, like, I don't really care about you being a veteran. I care about what being a veteran meant to you. That okay. authenticity is what stands out. Okay. I think that's that's honestly why I've been having such a problem writing because I'm so worried about not being able to convey that like well enough that I'm like muting what actually is important to me. Exactly. Trying to check off boxes. Exactly. And that's exactly it. Checking off boxes, right? The the way that I explain it is all of you students out there are sitting there creating a list or you're going off of the AAMC core competency list. You're creating this list of skills and traits that you think the medical schools want, that you think makes a good doctor. And you're like, oh, look, I know that cultural, I'm picking on cultural competency. It's an easy one. Uh, I I know that to be a good physician, uh, uh, one has to be culturally competent. Yeah. And then in the next line, they're like, I built my cultural competency skills through being a military veteran. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. stop it. Stop it, people. Versus um, just what it, what was the most meaningful thing that you ever did as a military vet, right? Was it was it a humanitarian aid thing where you, you went in and helped after an earthquake or a storm or whatever? Like, what did it mean to you to help that community? Just, yeah. just your raw emotions and feelings behind those things. That's what connects humans together. That's what helps someone reading your essay to connect with you through paper. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Good. Um, And then, like I said, this is probably quick, but um, I take the MCAT in nine days. What's that? 
<laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay. So I'm not going to lie. It's probably going to be the weakest part of my application. Okay. Um, that's something that I'm kind of worried about because mm -hmm. I still want to send in my application early so that it doesn't take forever to get verified, but I won't get my results back until like the end of June. Yep. Um, so I was kind of, I guess what I'm asking is like, what is the weight of the MCAT? Yeah. Honestly. Um, and like, is that really going to like completely ruin my chances if I don't do well versus like all the other things that I have yeah. on my, you know? So, so define not doing well, because there are students out there that think a 510 is terrible and they have to get a 520 plus. And then there are students <laughs> that are like, uh, I'm getting a 490, right? So so where do you think you're going to land? I think I'm going to land around like 503, 504. So okay. I'm like testing right now. Okay. And that's it. Everything goes as planned. It'll go swimmingly. Nice. Thank it, you. It's going to go well. You're going to walk in super calm, not stressed. Good night's sleep ahead of time. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, look, the, the MCAT is important. All right. As as our good friend Rob from the Princeton Review says, the MCAT is hard. The MCAT is important, and to do well in the MCAT, blah blah blah. Um, so, I, at the end of the day, it's an impossible question to answer because every medical school ranks it, sorts it, weights it differently. Yeah. A let let's say you get a five hundred three. A five hundred three for most schools will not probably filter you out. All right. It may rank you lower just in terms of initial screenings, but there are lots of variables that come into play. Yeah. So I, I don't think you need to worry about that question. I think all you need to do is, is worry about doing as well as you can on test day. You have yeah. nine days, you said? You have yep. nine days to just tweak your your... Uh, approach to the MCAT, right? Obviously, it's going to be hard to cram new information in in these nine days, but you can potentially come up with a different way to analyze a passage or a different way to think through questions to get to the right answer, to to cut out 50% of the answers so that you have a 50-50 shot versus a 25% shot. So there, there are lots of things that you can do in a week. Yeah. At the end of the day, the medical schools are going to do what they're going to do with your score. They're going to look at it. They're going to filter it out. They're going to do what, whatever they're going to do. You can't control that. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry about it, right? It's important. That's all. And a higher MCAT score always helps. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Um, and shout out to Blueprint for being my commute friendly. Yes. <laughs> studies. Yes. Um, yeah. I, what, that's what, what commute friendly study aid? The podcast. The MCAT podcast that we do with yeah. Blueprint. Nice. Yeah. I love um, it. That's where I kind of learned the strategy to do that anyway. I think my problem, honestly, is content. And I've been slacking on that. Okay. Not the thing that you do in the last nine days, but yeah. it's okay. <laughs> I mean, what what are the, the options for pushing it back in a month? Um, uh, I, I can. I can. I just, that sounds like the most miserable thing to do right now. Why? Um, because I probably on the end of like a burnout, um, I'm still in the guard. So I still have like a bunch of training to do this next month. Okay. It's kind of not conducive to my schedule over the next mm -hmm. 
couple of months to push it back. Um, so I'm, I'm really hoping on this one. Um, and it's also not the end of the world if I don't get in this cycle because of that. It is not. Yeah. It is not the end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Great attitude. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, those 15 minutes, I don't really have much else to ask. Okay. Um, I guess maybe I should ask you about you. I don't, you were a practicing clinician. Is that right? Yeah. So I, I did the HPSP scholarship for med school through the air force. I, um, wanted to be an orthopedic surgeon. I applied to orthopedics through the military match and they said, nope, you're, you're going to go do an internship year. So I did that. I reapplied for orthopedics. Uh, I got orthopedics the second time around, but I got it three days after the match. (laughs) They, they, uh, initially told me no. And then my assumption is that someone who they told yes to didn't match. And then, and so I most likely was like the first person who didn't make the cut. (laughs) And so, and so they called me after the match. They're like, Hey, if you get a spot, you can have it. And ortho is not typically the specialty that goes unmatched. So, um, I, I called a couple of programs and I was like, uh, yeah, this is not going to happen. So, um, I served as a flight surgeon for five years, loved it. Um, loved being, a. uh, a, a flyer, a rated rated flyer, and getting to kind of yeah, guys, yeah, um, just going up in the airplane and and doing that kind of fun stuff. And the patient population is very similar to the orthopedic population that I would have wanted to treat, like healthy people who want to stay healthy, who um, who have injuries and want to get back to what they want to do. Right, that that is the flying community. Yeah. So yeah, I loved it, and then had some health issues and got out, and I'd started the stuff on the side. So here I am. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I, I'm with an aviation unit now and I've worked with all the flight surgeons. I would love to end up in that position one day. Yeah. Um, what What are you doing with an aviation unit? What's your, your I'm a medic. Oh, you're a medic. Yeah. Okay. So I do flight physicals for yeah. you guys, like all the flyers. Um, yeah. but I think it's awesome and maybe I'll join the air force. Who knows? <laughs> it's a fun job. I I'm a huge advocate for it. Obviously, I, I didn't get to do what I wanted to do originally. Uh, I'm I'm not a believer in everything happens for a reason, but I I made the best of it, and uh, I'm loving what I'm doing now. Because if I if I uh, did get ortho, I would not be here talking to you today. I wouldn't have started my website. I wouldn't have started my podcast. I would have been busy in the operating room. True. So, um, so with HPSP, uh, you. What eight years active duty? Is that what it was? Uh, no, it's four. So it's 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 a one to one. So one year of med school tuition and w- to one year of service with a minimum of two, um, okay. I believe. So if you if they pay for like one year of med school, which I don't know why anyone would do that, you still <laughs> owe two years. I think. Um, uh, don't don't quote me on that. Go go check and make sure it's up to date. But yeah, it's it's. Um, it's four and four. So four years active, four years IRR, which obviously for most times IRR is see you have a good life. Um, if world war three starts, then be careful. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. That's kind of like on my radar, but gotta get into school first. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's good to hear. Um, I don't really, I haven't met anyone who went through HPSV or like did any sort of military medicine. So that's kind of like something good to hear. 
Yeah, it's uh, interesting, right? You, you're you're obviously doing a lot of the stuff now, so you understand the pros and cons of being in the military. Yeah, it's, it, it it has pros and cons, yep. um, and so you having that experience going into it, you obviously will have uh, your eyes much much more open to the those pros and cons and being flexible with with not being in control of everything. And actually for you as an HPSP person, if you, if you did go through HPSP, um, typically, again, historically, check, check me for, uh, with current facts, but prior service gives you lots of bonus points in terms of ranking for residency and stuff. So it, oh. it, it helps you match to more competitive things just because yeah. of your prior service. I'll have to look into that. I didn't know about that. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. All right. Well, hopefully this was helpful. Thanks yeah. for listening to the MCAT podcast. That's exciting. Good luck okay. on your MCAT. Um, fingers crossed. Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group. 